Love is. Well, love is. What exactly is love? And when Jesus tells his disciples and, well, us, to love one another, what on earth does he mean by that? Hi, and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart, and I get to be the minister here. I'm so glad to welcome you. We're delighted that you have chosen to join us from wherever you find yourself today. I hope that you find our time together helpful and that in some way it feeds your soul. Please take a moment to say hi and share your thoughts about today's message in the comments. And while you're at it, why not like and share with your friends? You can find out more about who we are and how you can get more involved at our website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. Today I'm joined by Yvonne and Blake Hamilton. Yvonne will lead our prayers later, but let's listen now as Blake reads our scripture for us. John chapter 13 verses 31 to 35. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And it was night. Darkness had come. We are catapulted back into Holy Week, to the night of the Last Supper. The night where the disciples, Jesus' closest friends, had gathered together with Jesus to share their most important meal, the celebration of the Passover. They would eat together, recalling how God had set their ancestors free from slavery in Egypt. Before they ate, Jesus kneels and washes his disciples' feet. They were surprised and Peter was upset. He blurts out his protest. How could Jesus be allowed to do this menial task? This task that only the lowest of the low would do. But Jesus insisted. If you don't let me do this, then you cannot be one of my followers. They didn't understand what was happening. The cheering crowds of Palm Sunday who sang and cheered as Jesus rose towards Jerusalem on a donkey had melted away. It hadn't taken long. Jesus had gone to the temple and started throwing tables around, clearing out the moneylenders and overthrowing the stalls selling sacrifices. For the rest of the week, he taught and answered all their questions. The religious leaders had tried everything they could to trap him, to trick him, to wear him down. They only needed one slip-up, one mistake, just one excuse to get rid of him. They all had to go, the Pharisees, the Sadducees and even the followers of Herod. But he had an answer for all of them, usually turning their trap back on them so that their motives were clear for all to see. But the pressure was building. It was tense. Something was going to have to give and soon... The air had that quiet feeling that comes before a storm where you can almost taste the impending cacophony. They gathered in an upper room. And after the strange foot washing, the Passover meal was, well, just as tense. Jesus was serious. He was often serious, but usually there was a lightness in his voice. 
a seemingly unending reservoir of patience when they didn't understand. But now in this moment, as he took bread and began to tear it into pieces for them, he just seemed so sad. So very, very sad. When he eventually spoke, it was like lightning had struck the table they sat around. Tonight, one of you will betray me. And he handed a piece of bread to Judas and sent him on his way. Do what has to be done. And it was night. And then, as the darkness closed in, Jesus says this. Love one another. It's by your love for each other that people will know that you are my followers. It's easy to love people who love you back. It's easy to love people when things are going well. But we all know that that isn't how life is all the time. People are difficult. Awful sometimes. Judas is about to do the unimaginable. But Jesus tells the rest of his followers to love him anyway. Who him? A liar and a thief? The one who'll set in motion your arrest, your trial and your execution? We should love him? No. No. No, I don't think so. Not him. No. How could we how could we be expected to love him? It's what we do, isn't it? We draw lines. I could put up with that, but but no. No, this isn't on. God could love her. But her over there. How could God love someone that does that? We sing lovely songs about this passage. Love. Isn't it well? Isn't it lovely? Isn't love sweet and nice and soft and warm? To think that's to completely misunderstand both what love is and what love looks like. Love is hard and often painful. Love is full of hurt and disappointment. Why? Because love can only happen when we're vulnerable. To love and be loved, we have to open ourselves to the possibility of being hurt. So we close ourselves off. We draw lines. We tell ourselves that there are people who couldn't ever deserve our love. And to do that is to live in darkness. It seems to me like there is a piece of this conversation missing. We don't ever hear the disciples' response. Mostly because we don't need to. We know all too well what they're thinking, even if they don't see it. Nope. Him? No way. We love you, Jesus. We could never do anything like that to you. We're nothing like that, Judas. Oh, really? Nothing like him. Is that so? Peter, you'll deny even knowing me, not once, not twice, but three times before the morning comes. Love is much easier in the abstract. Love is much more straightforward when it's just an idea. Love is much less costly when there are no actual people involved. As soon as we start to give examples of people, we find the limits of our own love very quickly. I wonder if that's because we tie love and forgiveness together. We believe that to love someone, we have to forgive them. And to forgive means to forget, but it doesn't. How could it? What kind of renewal and restoration would be possible with no memory of what's gone before? Love is what happens as much as in spite of that as because of it. What this kind of love presents us with is the possibility that no one, no one is beyond redemption. Not even the people who will nail Jesus to the cross. 
Father, forgive them. I've said before, our faith means very little if we miss the journey through Holy Week. When we move from the happiness of the Palm Sunday parade to the joy of the resurrection on Easter Day, if we do that without travelling through these events of Holy Week, we are simply unable to realise what's happened. We gloss over the reality. We're never confronted with the big difficult questions like this. We're never forced to consider what it actually means to love the way that God loves us. How can we begin to understand the love that Jesus is commanding us to show for each other? How can we comprehend the love that Jesus demonstrates for us? How can we appreciate his commitment to love that finds its completion on a cross? Where Jesus speaks his last words, it is finished. But it's not love that's finished. When we read that Jesus loved them until the end, this is only the end in the, in the sense that it's the intended outcome. This is the demonstration of just how far God will go to prove that we are loved. It's here nailed to a cross that we find the good news in all its glory. But love did not die on a cross. Because death is not the end. The Lord is risen. And that matters. It matters because the resurrection is the very demonstration of God's love. It's proof to all of us that God can handle all of this. Love wins. The light can never overcome the darkness. After everything, after all they did, after all we have done, in all our faithfulness and in all our faithlessness, in our half-hearted love and our full-hearted denials, our hope is found in a God who triumphs over all of it. A God who loves us still. And none of that is easy. Not, not a moment of this is without cost. But that's what we're commanded to do. This is how we're commanded to live. If that seems like a tall order, if that appears to be an impossible task, then remember this. We are capable of showing that love because God dwells in us. We can become Christ-like. We can demonstrate this embodiment of divine love because it comes from God. Jesus' command is to love like he did, with tenderness, with grittiness, with challenge, with encounter, with knowledge, with reality, with insight, with understanding. From the inside out, not superficially, but getting under the sin, not superficially, but getting under the skin piercing the tidy or untidy exterior to get to the heart. That kind of love takes work. It takes vulnerability. It doesn't happen from a distance. It does not come from assumptions or suppositions, but from the kind of understanding only grasped when space and time have been invested. That makes encounter a reality and love a possibility. Keith Kent puts it brilliantly. People are illogical, unreasonable and self-centred. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you're successful, you will win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank 
anyway. The biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest men and women with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. People favour underdogs, but follow only top dogs. Fight for a few underdogs anyway. When you spend years building, what you may spend years building might be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need your help, but may attack you if you do help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have and you'll get a kick in the teeth. Give the world the best you have anyway. Love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. God of love, of relationship and community, help us to love as you have loved us. We pray for all who face the dawning of a new day with anxiety or dread, who fear the knock on the door, another bill through the letterbox, the stark choice to be made between heating or eating, the long hours that stretch ahead alone. May we be the agents of your love. Help us to notice the ones who fall through the net, those broken and worn down by the effects of poverty, those who feel disconnected and isolated from human company. God of love, of relationship and community, help us to love as you have loved us. We pray for all who spend their lives constantly navigating barriers, those bearing the brunt of toxic masculinity, all who experience name-calling and violence because of the colour of their skin, disability, who they love, how they worship, all who feel as if they are constantly treading in eggshells. May we be the agents of your love. Help us to walk alongside all who feel othered, those who are too often pushed to the margins, those whose lives and voices are erased or silenced. God of love, of relationship and community, help us to love as you have loved us. God of love, may your spirit fill us with grace and mercy as we pray the words you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Go in love. Love that's broad and generous. Love that's often confusing. Love that's sacrificial. Love that's self-giving. Love that's rich with others. Love that's community. Love that's peace. Love that is God, who goes with us, creator, source and spirit, today and always.
A food bank collection is open every Sunday from 1pm till 2.30pm at St Ninian's Church. Your donations are very much appreciated and if you need food then please do come down between 1 and 2.30pm every Sunday and collect what you need. Delighted to say that our coffee mornings will be restarting on Tuesday the 3rd of May at 10am until 11.30am and then every Tuesday thereafter for a while at least until the end of June. So that's Tuesdays for our coffee morning from 10am till 11.30am and it's £2.50. On Saturday the 21st of May, St Ninians will be hosting a really important and exciting project. It's the Stonehouse One Planet Eco Festival. You're invited to come along and to meet representatives from all different kinds of organisations to find out about how we can have a positive impact on the environment, what we can do to save our planet, to use our energy efficiently and to make a difference. So please do come along on the 21st of May all day on Saturday to the Stonehouse One Planet Eco Festival.